Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know by now, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer. And this week's show feels like a bit of a stuck record for me, Peter. We've got Lee Drino's disciplinary problems again. We've got a terrible performance by Wakefield just when it looked like they might have turned a corner. And... uh, Inconsistent cast being very consistent and beating uh, Catalans probably against the odds. So strange old yeah. weekend again. <laughs> yeah, it's been the story of the season, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't comment on the Wakefield game because I wasn't wasn't there, but I was at St Helens for um, for Rhino's defeat, and that was very disappointing. The manner of it, as much as anything else. I, th- I thought Leeds actually played quite well in punches. They were well in it in the first half. Um, probably didn't deserve to be 16-6 down at half-time. But the second half, when things went against them and the game started to go away from them in the, the final quarter, they just capitulated three cards, two yellows and a red, which is just not good enough. Yeah. Um, Zane Tetevano was a repeat offender getting sent off. James Bentley, in his first game back from a ban, got totally unnecessary yellow card for... Um, for uh, what they describe as a professional foul, batting the ball away to prevent a play of the ball. He's not got a suspension for that, but it's another blot in his copybook. And I thought Bowling Thompson was a little bit unfortunate when he was simbing for um, for a trip. It was just a sort of a reflex action, really. These things happen. But Leeds have just had far too many, far, far too many cards this season. Too many players charged by the disciplinary too many suspensions it's got to stop it's holding them back um, the way Super League is at the moment you you need your best players out there uh, Leeds are starting to get players back from injury and, but the, the steady succession of people banned is just continuing um, they're having to play more games than not without um, without a full complement of players on the field for the whole 80 minutes and that is going to take its toll um, it's if Leeds are going to get anywhere, it's something that they're going to have to um, to cut out. Um, they can't afford any more of that sort of thing over the next two games, um, which may not make the season, but could break it. I think um, Hull, our fifth Leeds visit them on um, on Saturday, and Castleford are sixth, and Leeds face them the following Saturday. Um, Leeds are five points behind them at the moment with 11 to play. And I think if if Leeds lose both those two, they can forget all about a push for the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Were they to win, then they'd still be in it. Uh, I think they're both winnable games. Probably particularly Saturday against Hull because Hull have got some problems, a lot of injuries. Um, They've got suspension as well. They're very low on pivotal players. Um, it's one that Leeds will, will go into thinking that they can get the two points from but if they don't then um, I think effectively the season's um, the season's over Castleford the following week always tough um, Magic Weekend it feels a bit like a different sort of game it, it has a cup tie atmosphere about it Leeds have won the last couple of Magic Weekends but had a very poor record before that haven't beaten Castleford at the event um, you never know what you're going to get with Castleford as you said, very inconsistent. I, I was at the game on Sunday against Catalans, and I thought Cass 
deserve to win really over on balance of play, but Catalan will be kicking themselves. They had a lot of chances to uh, to make the game safe and and blew it. Very poor first half, but um, the second was was exciting. It wasn't the greatest quality, but um, you, you have to admire Casas' resilience. They went having led a couple of times. They went six points down and. It didn't look like they'd get back in it, but they stuck at it. They got an equalising try through Darren Longford's, which Johnny Richardson converted. And then he missed a couple of uh, drop goal attempts in normal time and won in extra time and finally managed to uh, to nail it. And that's a very big win for Cass. It boosts their hopes of a top six place, keeps them in hunt, the hunt for, um, for five. I don't think they'll go any higher than that with the way the table's looking at the moment. Um, but an encouraging result for Cass. They just need to find some consistency. They, they can't seem to put the performance together week to week. This is an opportunity now for them to um, to do that. They have a tough game against Huddersfield at home on Friday night. But if they can win that, they'll be looking good for a playoff spot at least. Yeah, a bit like you, Peter. I didn't see... The, even the low lights of Wakefield's game this week, I couldn't bring myself to watch them. I obviously get alerts on my phone on Sunday afternoon and they took the lead, didn't they? 6-0 up and it all seemed very fine and dandy and half an hour later they were 30 points down and the game had gone. Um, just looking at the table bizarrely, they're, they're still only four points behind Cass in sixth, which doesn't say much for the bottom end of the table this year after performances like that but you know that's, that's where Wakefield are you, you wonder now that we talked last week about it looked like they were probably safe and uh, you just hope the players haven't put... sorry sorry to interrupt Richard six actually six points behind um, behind casts there seems to have been a I'm not sure whether you look at looking at an updated table but there seems to be a bit of a problem with the table after this weekend's game and, and various websites, um, I noticed that after after Cass had beaten um, Catalans, a couple of tables, including on the Super League website, had the game down as a draw, which was right. a, a little bit strange. Well, well I do apologise. That's come about. But um, Wakefield are on 10 points, which is six ahead of Toulouse. Um, Castleford are on 16 with everybody having played um, played 16 games. Yes, I, I do apologize. Sorry, Peter. I, I was looking at one on the BBC website as I was speaking, and when I scrolled up a slight bit more, it says it was last updated on the 26th of June, yeah. which I hadn't seen when I started speaking. But even that, as as you say, it's a bit... Mind, I'm saying that. <laughs> 26th of June was Sunday, wasn't it? But... Uh, the perils yeah, of the live for some reason, for some reason, the Castle of Catalan's game wasn't updated on on some tables and was incorrectly updated on others. So I'm yeah. not quite sure what, what had happened there. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the, there's a six-point gap between Wakefield and, and Castlewood, which considering, as you say, what a terrible season Wakefield have had so far, I think it does say a lot about the state of other teams in the... Um, in the competition, you can't. I mean, as a Wakefield fan, you can't realistically see them getting no. into the six now, though, can you? I think that that defeat at Salford's probably finished it for them, and they just need to keep an eye over um, over the shoulder at Toulouse, who they play at the Magic Weekend in in what is going to be a, 
a very big game for both teams, I think. Yeah, certainly. Uh, no, you know, I wouldn't have, I agree with you. I don't think Wake have any chance of the playoffs. It, it, and just to go back to this table one last time, it is actually showing that Catalans and Castle are the two teams who've only played 15 games and everyone else has played 16, which which explains everything. But even so, I don't think Wakefield have got the got it in them to produce a swing which will get them anywhere near the playoffs. But I just hope that they haven't now decided the other way, that they're safe and they'll play one week and not the other. Um, but obviously a very disappointing and frustrating result given how well they'd done in their previous two games. Um, but that that's as it is at the moment down there. As you say, Saints and Leeds, I, I did see that game. And uh, the first half, you know, it was enjoyable, wasn't it? Leeds had a good crack at them. Uh, you could still see there was still a bit of a... A gap in class, but certainly not a 42-12 gap in class. And then again, once again, for the umpteenth time this season, we're talking about Leeds as ill-discipline and not just ill-discipline, but ill-discipline by the same people really as well. And I know we spoke after the game and saying to you, it's you know, not that I need to say it to you, but obviously the, the discipline is terrible and, and something needs to be done, whether it's finding individuals or, or really reading them the riot act. I don't know. But Rowan Smith's new in the club and he'll have had a few weeks looking at the players and I'm sure he'll be having a, a really stern word with them. He looked furious after the game uh, and rightly so. You know, as you say, the, the Bentley one in particular, playing against your own old side for your hometown team who you've left... <laughs> You've left Saints to join them and then you go and pull a stunt like that. Fair enough, the game was gone, but that in some ways made it worse. You know, uh, you know you, you're never going to compete if you're always under the threat of suspension. And and we know as well, you know, that ref, referees are only human. They look at teams and they think, oh, well, that bloke's always... he's his do He does this, he does that, he does the other. I'll keep an eye on them. And all you're doing is drawing more attention to yourself and your team from the officials, they start looking for things as well. So, you know, they, they really need to clean up their act. And and finally, Cassett, you know, great win. I know we, we keep saying about they're consistently inconsistent, but, you know, they, they're hung on in there and, and that's a valuable two points for them. Uh, and another exciting game going right down to the death, which is, we, although we're not big fans of Golden Point, we want more of those and less of the wakefield Salford score. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a strange old weekend when you look at the results with Salford putting 70, 74, was it, on um, yes, on Wakey, yeah. which I didn't see coming. And then you get the one-point difference in the extra time game at, at Castleford and Warrington beating Hull 4-0, which oh, yes. uh, was only the second <laughs> trialless Super League game since the comp started in, in 96. So you literally don't know what's going to happen from, so, from one week to the next, which is... Which is um, makes it certainly makes it interesting. I'm not sure the quality of Super League is is as high as it should be, but it's unpredictable, which is a good thing. Um, as are you have to say some of the other divisions as well. Look at the Championship. I think I think the result of the season at any level, bar none, came last week when Batley went to Featherstone and won there by. Eight points, remarkable victory for Batley, who have just been so impressive this season. They'd already had a draw at home against Featherstone earlier in the, the campaign, and but to go to Post Office Road and to win twenty-eight twenty 
like they did is it's just incredible when you look at the amount of money Batley are spending, which is basically not very much, yeah. and the amount that Featherston have spent. It's just a, a stunning result. And Craig Lingard, their Batley coach, has done an incredible job. They're fourth in the Brentford Brentford Championship, and they've they've no real right in terms of the budget they have there to be anywhere near that. But but they're a fantastic little club. They consistently punch above their weight. They've got obviously a very very good coach in Craig Lingard. It's a nice setup. It's a good place to watch rugby league. Maybe not so much to play with the <laughs> the infamous slope. Yeah, but it's a good rugby league venue. And if you're looking for a game to go to as a neutral, I'd recommend without hesitation a trip to Batley. They're playing Whitehaven three o'clock this Sunday. If you fancy a game, just go along. You will enjoy it. You get well looked after. It's a good place to play and they're a good team. Worrying for Featherston, who are now, just looking at the table, only one point ahead of York City Knights. They need really to finish in the, the top two. We've said all season that the championship is just a question of really who has home advantage between Lee and Featherston in the million-pound game. But Featherston are maybe now stuck and just have a touch of nervousness about whether they can hold... York City Knights off the three points behind Lee and I can't see them overcoming that. They do play each other at the Summer Bash so Featherston could get a couple back at that but you can't see Lee losing any other game this season and, and York who are in form are breathing down Rover's neck. There are rumours that not all is, is right at Featherston. I hope they can get things back together and and just get back on track. They've got a talented squad. They've been going so well up until the really till up until the eighteen ninety five Cup final when they lost to Lee. And since then they've had a bit of a wobble. I don't think it needs to be terminal in terms of their promotion chances. I'd like to see them go up this year just because it would be a, a different team in Super League. Lee have been promoted three times and gone straight back down again. I think it would be good for the comp for Featherston just to to bring a new look to it this year but at the moment it's not looking too good for them um, but there's still time for them to turn it around and if, assuming that they can finish in the top two then it is going to come down to one game against Lee in the million pound match and if they win that they'll be up so um, far from far from um, panic stations for Featherstone but I think there'll be a little bit of concern there Yeah certainly um, I couldn't believe it myself when I saw the result, well, certainly on one level, as you say, Batley themselves have had a superb season and the, the draw gave you a pointer that they're certainly not intimidated by Featherston. And I suppose really, in some regards, when you when you are a team like Batley and you come up against a team like Fed, the, the team talk almost writes itself, doesn't it? You know, that you're the underdog and these are the rich boys, get, get out and beat them and we'll have a good time after. Um, but I do, you know, I agree with you, I think, York obviously in some form as well. They've won thirteen games too, like Featherston, and uh, very good coach there as well, of course, in James Ford. And you know, a bit inconsistent last year, weren't they? But they've been a lot better this time round. And I just wonder sometimes we've talked a few times on here about Featherston and Lee stockpiling players, and it gives the coach a different sort of headache, doesn't it? If you're constantly signing new players, 
I suppose that you almost feel obliged in inverted commas to play them, and then it, that puts a few other noses out of joint. And we've seen other players leaving on loan, or influential players like Dane Chisholm leaving altogether. Uh, and then you know new guys coming in, uh, not really getting a chance to bed in, kind of straight into the team, and off we go. I see you know Jack Broadbent not unexpectedly made his debut against Batley straight after signing from Leeds. And you just wonder sometimes people thinking, well, you know, I might be replaced next week or whatever, you know. And Craig Hall, I believe, has been out of the side as well a bit recently. And any side that can afford to drop Craig Hall really needs to be doing better than Featherstone are at the moment, in my opinion. Um, you know, Hall undoubtedly one of the best players outside of Super League uh, for his all-round game and his try-scoring and goal-kicking. So if you can afford to leave him out, then, you know, I think you need to be in Lee's position rather than Featherstone's. That said, you know, Brian McDermott is paid to make the decisions and, and he'll, he'll like all coaches, stand or fall by them. Um, I'm sure a couple more wins and everyone will have forgotten about this mini blip. Not, not No teams kind of go through the entire season unbeaten. No, it's very rare if they do. And if they do, they're usually the best of the best. Uh, so, that, you know, you've got to expect a few bumps in the road on the way. Um, but... Uh, you know, from I agree with you from a sort of rugby league overall picture. If Featherston got into Super League, it would be better for the game in terms of if they're the other club in contention that maybe they went up this time and, and a new name and a new focus for a while. Um, well, the, the encouraging thing I think for Featherston is the fact that Brian McDermott has been there in this situation in the past. He's been in charge of Leeds. A decade ago, for example, when they lost to Warrington in the Challenge Cup final and then went on and beat them from fifth place in the table yes. in the grand final. He knows how to get teams up for the big game that really matters. Sometimes when they've not been in particularly good form in the league. And I think that he's capable of doing that with Featherstone. Absolutely no, no doubt about that. Um, I still think they'll finish in the top two. I think they'll finish second. To Lee and I definitely wouldn't back against them beating Lee when it comes to the million pound game. I think Brian McDermott a number of times at Leeds came up with a game plan that was absolutely spot on for the big occasion. For example, in the 2014 Challenge Cup final against Castleford, um, the semi final win they had over Warrington. He knows what it's all about. He's been there and done that. He's vastly experienced. I don't think he'll be panicking. He will have seen what needs to be worked on and he'll be working on it. And Featherston on the day with the players they've got, they're capable of beating anybody in the division, including Lee. They did that earlier in the season. So, as I say, I don't think there's any reason to panic. But um, Lee keeps strengthening. They've now signed Josh Charnley. Um, I think on, on loan until the end of the season initially. So, they a potential wing combination Charlie's not played for them yet of Blake Ferguson on one wing and Josh Charlie on the other yeah. which is um, for, for championship rugby is, is quite something really so they're um, they're setting the stall out aren't they but it, it, it's going to be an interesting end to the season I think in the championship and but it's going to come down to the million pound game, which is probably going to be between Lee and Featherston, as I keep saying. I think Featherston are capable of winning that. Um, just while, while we're talking about the low divisions, I also want to mention 
Cornwall, who yes. got their first win ever last weekend. They beat West Wales Raiders and West Wales and the best of opposition. Their, their wins are, uh, come along once in a blue moon, but Cornwall went um, went across to Wales, Neil Kelly's side, and got their first victory. And congratulations to them and to Neil Kelly for um, for that. They won 20 point, 24 points to four which is obviously a, a historic occasion for them. And it's nice to see them off the mark. And everybody in League One has got at least one win under the belt, which hasn't been the case for a, a few years. And that's, that's obviously a competition that's split between the um, have-a-little-bits and the have-nots. Um, Keith Lee going very well at the top, played 11, won 11. But um, there's a little bit of a tussle down at the bottom between West Wales, Cornwall and potentially London Scholars and Midlands Hurricanes who was who are still in it. It's quite an interesting competition, League One, and the standard is better than you'd imagine. I'd, again, I'd recommend if you get a chance to watch a League One game, um, go along, have a look. I think you might be impressed by, uh, by what you see. Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on Cornwall this year out of interest. Um... Obviously, the fact that they're the new club, but also, as you mentioned, Neil Kelly, who we're well known to our listeners for both his playing and coaching career uh, round here and further afield. He, he did very well at Dewsbury, didn't he, Neil, for a long time, and obviously the brother of Andy as well, the former Wakefield and Hull KR player. And, you know, I was really chuffed for them. that They've certainly been building towards it, haven't they? I'm, I'm sure that this was the type of game they'd be targeting to try and get their first win, and they've been in a couple of close games before that I think they lost by just four points to London Scholars I noticed a couple of weeks ago so the, the teams down there are, are obviously much of a muchness uh, and, it, and it was great to see you know they, uh, they they were kind of in control throughout the game and then held on at the end there and what I say held on they won 24-4 uh, but you know I suppose with a team like that when, when it is new players to the spot and the game some of them uh, we've seen in rugby league you can you can quickly turn the scar around but uh, but they did the job and I, I was really pleased for them all and it, and it got some publicity as well didn't it uh, you know via the media people obviously looking out for their first win and uh, you know and it, it was great to see and uh, hopefully as Neil himself said they, they can build from there now they've got that first win and it'll give them the confidence to go on yeah they play um, they're at home to Hunslet on Saturday, one o'clock, and that's on the Our League website. So if, you've, if you're an Our League member, well worth tuning in and having a look at that one. Okay, Peter, well, I think we'll leave it there for this week. Um, thanks again for all your comments and insights. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in touch soon. It's my weekly reminder you can get your latest rugby league news from Peter's Twitter feed at PetersmithYEP or at YEP Sports Desk and the Yorkshire Evening Post website at yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk where you can find this and plenty of the other podcasts that we've recorded over time I think this is about episode 71 or 2 so there's plenty to go at there in our archives as well but for now thanks for listening and hopefully we'll be back soon